Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, kicking off a very exciting, eventful week for Stay Tuned Sports here. We got the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series kicking off this Friday, um, tomorrow if you're listening on a Thursday, um, over on 3YTV on YouTube at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um... Last week we had the duels and the qualifying, and if you head over to our Facebook page, we should have the um, starting lineup there for the uh, the Stay Tuned Sports 300, the Daytona race. Um, also, on our Facebook page, I've been sharing out with the NSRA homepage on Facebook, um, put out there that. We're doing a giveaway for the race. And how you enter is with the post. I'll, I'll keep resharing it out there so everybody can keep seeing it. Um, comment who you think is going to finish the, the best, whether it's first place. Well, obviously first place. But if your racer finishes highest, I will give away a free Greenland movie, Blu-ray DVD, to whoever picks the best finish um for the race um also if you don't have facebook or you don't want to go on facebook look all that stuff up head over to twitter follow us there st sports podcast i'll keep retweeting that one out as well um and i'll actually so i'm actually gonna give two uh dvds away one for facebook one for twitter just comment same thing comment there now here's the key part Here's how you get to be eligible to enter this. If you're on Facebook, you must like the Stay Tuned Sports page plus share out that post. I'll be able to see who's sharing it out and if they're eligible or not. With Twitter, basically the same thing. Make sure you're following us and you retweet it out there so more people could get involved and uh, tune in for the race as well. Because I'm telling you guys, it's going to be a very entertaining race. Um, if the duels are anything like what I expect tomorrow to be. It's going to be a fun race to watch. Um, before we get into the show, since I got all that stuff out, also make sure you head over to staytunesports.net, which it'd probably be quicker for you to do that because on the right-hand side is our social media account. So just click the Facebook and the Twitter page. It takes you right to our pages. You can follow both of those so you're eligible for that giveaway. Also on the top, of the page there is our merch tab so 
any type of t-shirts, hats, they're all right there. So quite an uh, eventful week in sports. Julian Edelman has officially retired. Um, New England Patriots terminated his contract basically to allow him to uh, to retire. And here we go again, just like a couple times on this, this uh, show. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? I hear all you people out there saying, well, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best, playoff wide receivers out there. You know, when it's playoff time, you could always depend on him and this and that. Here's the thing, though. He's not that good during the regular season. And as far as I'm concerned, Hall of Famers are guys that play at a top level during the regular season and the playoffs. Not just, you know, being Mr. January or Mr. February. You know, just to, just to show you and compare who Julian Edelman is around with his stats. His receiving touchdowns, he only has 36. He's not even a top 250 in career receiving touchdowns. Let that sink in, okay? You know, for how good he is in the playoffs, he's nowhere near top-tier status when it comes to wide receivers and touchdowns. As far as receiving yards, guys that are above him that are retired already, Jeremy Macklin, Dwayne Bowe, Pierre Garçon. Now, those guys are nowhere near Hall of Fame talk. And they're above Julian Edelman with career receiving yards. Yes, I understand, you know, he shows up in the playoffs. But again, you know, you had Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. You know, you could go through the list of players he played with during his career. I'm sorry, but he's not, he's not, I wouldn't even consider him a what do they call it, a senior committee Hall of Famer? Where the, the, the senior committee votes in guys who, you know, exceeded their five years or six years, whatever it is, um, of eligibility to get into Hall of Fame. Just sorry. He, I mean, he's good. He's a good receiver. But that's it. You know? I've always said Tom Brady only ever had one Hall of Fame wide receiver. I'm not saying Rob Gronkowski because he's a tight end. But that was Randy Moss. What other even very good wide receiver did Tom Brady have? Edelman, he's good. He's not great. And to be in the Hall of Fame, you have to be great. But I will say, you know, he, he did have a good career. He won the Super Bowls with, with Tom Brady and the Patriots. Just let him have that, that moment. Let him have this retirement moment and let's not fight with each other about why Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame when he shouldn't be at all. Also came out this past week and I, I seen this rumor last uh, last week and I was hoping this wasn't true, but 
came out, Kevin James is going to play Sean Payton as the New Orleans Saints coach. Now, when I saw the rumor coming out last year, I saw or last week, I'm sorry, last year, what the hell am I talking about? Um, last week, rumors were fly, flying around that basically this was going to be based off of the 2012 Bounty Gate scandal, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was just totally against it. Like it was, it was such a bad idea that I couldn't believe it. I thought it was like an April Fool's type joke. And on top of that, why Kevin James to play as Sean Payton? I mean, what serious role has Kevin James ever played? You know, every movie he's been in, he's been comedic and not that good. I mean, really, Grown Ups, the first movie, was the only good movie he was in that was funny. The second one sucked. Um, Paul Blart, yeah. You know, if it's on, it's on. I'll watch it, but that's about it. And now you want to play as, as Sean Payton? Well, as more details came out uh, this week about the movie, it's not about Bounty, uh, Bounty Gate. But it's more about when he was suspended. Sean Payton was suspended during that time in 2012. He ended up being an assistant coach on his son Connor's sixth grade football team. Um, Sean Payton was asked about it and said that he, he believes the movie is going to have a little bit of a humorous Adam Sandler spin to it, but also have like a, inspired by his real life experience than an exact telling of the story. I still don't want it. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and this is going to be on Netflix. So um, that's the only reason why I think it's going to be made is because Netflix basically buys and puts whatever they, what, like whatever that is made, whether, whether it's shit or not on Netflix. But I mean, I definitely won't be tuning in to watching this. Um, I just think this is going to be a train wreck and such a, boring boring flick I, I could see Rotten Tomatoes giving it probably a worse rating than Chappie the movie that I first ever date I took my wife to and man don't know how she, why she stuck around with me after watching that god awful movie but I mean what's what's there to be inspired by okay so you're watching the movie you see he did something wrong so he goes to coach his son's football team what are you pulling out of that to be inspired to what break the rules so you could get a couple days off and coach your your son's soccer team or football team or like I, I just don't understand the whole reasoning behind why doing this I mean and it's supposed to be produced by uh, Am Sandler's company movie company so maybe Am Sandler and Kevin James are hurting for money or something but I just don't see this being a very good movie to watch. Also this past week, very, very bad look for baseball here. Um, on Sunday, the Phillies-Braves game had a little bit of controversy in it with a blown call at home plate and so basically what happened was Phillies were up to bat, did a sack fly, run around third base, come running home, 
Now, in real time, it did look like he slid and touched home plate while being tagged by the catcher. Braves challenged the ball, or the call, and after about five or six different views, you could see the Phillies player never touched the plate. His toe never touched the plate. So obviously he would be out because the, the catcher was tagging him. They go to the replay to, to review it, and they don't overturn it. No explanation. Just basically, after the game, or it was the next day, um, MLB came out and said there was not enough evidence there to overturn a call. There was a good five or six angles showing he did not touch the plate. And the thing is, the reason why I bring this story up is we see this too many times in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, um, hockey. And the, the question is always brought up, how to discipline these refs, these umps. And it, it's for the, 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 the leagues, you know, Major League Baseball, NHL, I really think they're in a tough spot because if you really go extreme and try to fire the ump from Sunday's game, um, Lance Barrett, all I could see is the umpires union walking, doing a strike. And I forgot to look it up, but I remember a few years ago when the umpires were trying to negotiate a new contract with Major League Baseball, they had their own strike, so they brought scabs in, and that was terrible. That was worse than these refs that we have now. So it's like, how do you discipline these refs, these umps? And I talked about a couple weeks ago about the the NHL referee that was caught on the mic saying he wanted to give a penalty no matter what to the Predators. You have to hold these refs and these umps accountable. And I think the way you do that, you, you got to grade them after every game or like if, you, if it's baseball or hockey, after every week, grade them. You know, and if there's enough umps out there that are not performing well, start writing them up, discipline them that way. And if you get enough write-ups, then okay, now you have grounds of termination. But just a little slap on the wrist of, okay, you'll be demoted to first base for you know a week or two, and then I'll, we'll put you back behind the plate. Just to kind of sweep it underneath the rug, per se. It's not going to fix anything. And even that the catcher for the, the Braves made the comment, if you're not going to use replay correctly, Get rid of it in baseball. You're only slowing the game down. And it's true. You know, baseball is already a slow enough game. And if you're not going to use the replay correctly, you're already, you know, already wasting a good 5-10 minutes, even though it's supposed to be 90 seconds. Baseball needs to figure out something to help get the younger fans back into wanting to watch it, wanting to go to games and, or watch it on TV because three and a half, four hour long games, you lose your attention span after two and a half, three hours. 
and this is what that's what's killing baseball on top of you know i got into uh a little chat with the NS- nsra uh truck drivers about you know baseball and the main thing that everybody kept bringing up is about how long the season is and it is it's too long I understand baseball, you know, 162 games. It's always been like that for years and years and years. But if you don't change and change with the times, you're going to be left for dead. And that's where baseball is heading. Baseball is like two two beats away from being flatlined. And it's, it's sad because I used to love playing baseball. I try to watch it on TV now and just I'm picking my phone up, playing with my phone, more listening to it than actually watching it. And it just it's terrible. But kind of got off rant there a little bit, but as far as umps, yeah, they, they, they need to hold them accountable. They need to do some type of grading system because if it was the players and they didn't perform well, what happens to them? They get fired. In any leagues. So at some some points, these refs and umps have to be disciplined. Whether the leagues have to sit down with the umps and the refs union and lay something out, like some type of disciplinary steps, but something has to be done before it's too late and really, really kills baseball, if not other sports. So you guys know I love my bare knuckle fighting championship BKFC. Well, David Feldman had a little press conference um, this past week, kind of laying out a little bit about what's going to happen in 2021, and it still sounds like it's going to be a interesting year um, as far as fights. And one thing he did bring up was that was rumored towards the end of last year that they signed um, Wanderlei Silva which we've been seeing this over the past two, three years of them being around that they pretty much sign hate to say it but washed up UFC fighters you know Chris Lieben even though he did very well in BKFC um, but Feldman did talk about why it took so long for them to really come to an agreement with Silva obviously the pandemic was one main reason but Feldman did say he's planning on talking to Silva uh, in the next couple days and give him a few options of who to debut against now anybody that doesn't know Wanderlei Silva from UFC if you could get a chance to go watch some of his fights all he does is just stands and brawls and if there's one fight out there, I, I suggest for you guys to look up to see how I think, see why I think BKFC is a very good situation for him. Look up Wanderlei Silva versus Brian Stan. There's a good minute, I would say, of both guys just standing there and swinging. Like, not like one or two swings here and back up and take 10 seconds. No. There had to be a good 50, 60 punches. You know, Wanderlei got dropped. Brian Stan got dropped. Stan got dropped again. You know, like it was a furious amount of, of punches being thrown, and you throw Silva into an octagon or a, a a ring, BKFC ring, that all he has to worry about is boxing. 
he could do some damage here. He has some powerful hands. And I, I really can't wait to see how he does and who his opponents are going to be when he debuts. Now, another UFC name um, that will be debuting at some point in BKFC, and he was just on the pay-per-view a few weeks ago, or a few pay-per-views ago, Frank Mir. Which is kind of funny because he used to be my sister's favorite uh, UFC fighter. When I saw he was on there, I, I texted her about it. I said, you know what? I think he would be good in there. Because he's not a bad boxer either. Well, the reason, the other reason why he hasn't really debuted yet was because he actually asked Feldman if he could pursue a boxing match against Steve Cunningham on the Jake Paul Ben Askren pay per view, which I believe is this weekend. Um, and Feldman said, "Yeah, go ahead." He's and this is why I, another reason why I like Feldman is because he told Mir, "I'm not." going to hold people back from trying to make a payday and the other thing that's smart about this is if he does really well in this fight he's bringing that momentum he's bringing that star power over to BKFC to get more eyes focused on it unlike Dana White who wants his hands and every little thing that his his fighters wants to do like Connor versus Floyd he had to be part of the promotion he had to be part you know being the, the promoter of it Feldman you don't see him getting involved with Triller or Thriller or whatever the the uh, company that's having this, this fight on but like Feldman said on the flip side of that if he has a bad outing maybe Mir doesn't you know show up in the BKFC and maybe it'd be better for that um, for his health because again totally different with gloves on compared to bare knuckles then he also uh, talked about Paige Van Zant. obviously her last fight she lost by decision to Britton Hart very surprising to some people not so much me I picked Hart to beat her and I actually thought she would knock her out but um According to Feldman, he believes she'll be either on the June 18th card or sometime in July. Hope And she will be a co-main event. He didn't want to announce the main event, which is surprising because, again, Paige Van Zant is another big star power. Hopefully, he gives her more of a equal competition type fighter just to help ease her into the bare knuckle. Sorry if you hear my dog in the background barking. I'm not sure why he's... Uh, going ballistic downstairs but um i don't think i just don't think this is the sport for her i just don't think she's a bare knuckle fighter but you know hopefully in the next couple days we find out who she's fighting and see if you know she could get on the the winning uh winning streak here so the next segment we have up um kind of new kind of old it's called combat corner which is sponsored by bet angles they supply expert sports betting picks and research tools for only ten dollars so make sure you guys head over to betangles.com they'll help you out with your DraftKings picks or your um FanDuel picks so as far as this segment i've kind of done in the past um any ufc cards i would give my 
picks to or, or whatnot. So with Combat Corner, which is sponsored by Bet Angles, um, any UFC card, BKFC card, I'm going to give my picks to. So with this week, we have UFC Whitaker versus Kevin Gastelum, uh, which is the main event in the middleweight division. Then for the co-main event, we have Jeremy Stevenson versus Jakar Close. Before them, we have in the heavyweight division, Andre Arlowski versus Chase Sherman, which is kind of funny because Chase used to be in BKFC and now is back in the UFC. Uh, before them, we have middleweight division, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Jacob Malcone. Um, lightweight division, Luis Pena versus Alexander Munoz. And kicking off the fight uh, card is a bantamweight bout between Ricardo Ramos versus Bill Algigo. Um, so, kicking it off, I'm going to go with Ricardo Ramos. Um, both guys are kind of... I think both guys lost their last fight. Um, uh, Ramos um, is 3-2 and two in his last five. And they're all in UFC. But yet, with uh, Algio, I only think he only has two fights in UFC. So it's already not a good look for him to be 1-1 one one in the UFC. So I'm going with Ramos there. In the lightweight division, Luis Pena versus Alexander Munoz. Going with Pena. Um, Pena lost his last fight, but is 3-2 and two in his last five, whereas Munoz has been very up and down. Um, and when he does win, it's by decision, where Pena has won by decision, by submission. And I honestly could see this one being won by him by submission. After them, we have Abdul Razik Alassan versus Jacob Malkun. I'm, I'm going with Jacob. Um, same thing, I, I believe, as uh, Remus and Algio. Both are like 3-2 and two or 4-1. Or, or and one. Um, I think it's going to be a close fight, but I, I think Malkun is going to pull out the win. Then we have Andre Arlowski versus Chase Sherman. I'm going with Andre here. It's funny how long he's been around here and he's still with the UFC. Um, he lost his last fight, but he was on a tear just a few fights ago. Chase Sherman won his last one, which is his first fight back in the UFC before he actually lost uh, three in a row. The thing with Arlowski is that power. You cannot underestimate that power. And Chase Sherman likes to stand and bang. And if he gets caught by Arlowski, it's lights out for him. So that's why I'm going with Arlowski there. Uh, so the uh, co-main event, Jeremy Stevens versus Drakkar Close. Stevens is, just, you know, he's very good in the lightweight division. And he's still trying to climb up there to, to get a title shot and I think he's going to help himself with a win here over close um, I think he knocks him out honestly and then the main event Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Gastelum I, I think a lot of people are going to go with Robert Whitaker just because I think they want one I think they want to see him for, uh, fight Adonis again and they also like to 
you know how he's a feel-good story a nice guy you know that type of deal I'm going with Kevin Gastelum and the reason being it seems like Gastelum past few fights has finally figured out the whole weight cutting thing you know not missing weight um, he had a war against Adonise and he's only one or two fights away I think from getting a title shot with Robert Whitaker, I just think he's... I think his time's up as far as being a title shot contender. Can he still be competitive in UFC? I think so. But I I don't think he's going to be Gastelum. I think this one is going to be another, another good fight, and I don't think this goes to decision. I think Gastelum wins by stoppage in the third round, but I think both men are going to be bloodied and cut up pretty good by the time it's all said and done. So that is our Combat Corner segment, which is sponsored by BetAngles. And don't forget, they supply expert sports betting picks and research tools for only $10. So make sure you head over to BetAngles.com. So I think that's going to be it for us this week. But before I go, again, make sure you guys tune in Friday night to the Daytona Race. The Stay Tuned Sports 300 which is the first race of the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series. Make sure you head over to our Facebook page and our Twitter page and comment underneath the post that I have for the race uh, predictions. Who you think is going to finish the, the best. Make sure you follow our Facebook page and or Twitter page and share and retweet them out to be eligible to win a Blu-ray DVD of Greenland. So, till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.